1: And Martin Paloma.
2: Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle, Neil McGrady. Mark Paloma with me today as well. Not literally with me, but he's, we're connected. We can talk. Yeah, we're there. Thing. It's like we're, like we're in the same room. Uh, we will talk about uh, some earnings uh, reports that are out. I just saw some of them. I've got questions. I'm sure you have questions. Because I haven't even looked at my 401k in a while. I'm nervous about it. <clears throat> I have... Out of sight, out of mind, sort of trying to test that theory a little bit, and uh if I don't know it can't what I don't know can't hurt me, you know, like when you were like trying to date a girl and you <laughs> kinda dated her, but you weren't the only person dating her. if you didn't know what she was doing on Friday night, you couldn't it, it didn't hurt as much as if you knew. She was going out with this other guy, right? Yep. If you yep. knew she was going out with this other guy, you'd look at the clock and go, "Well, I wonder what they're doing right now." I wonder what they're doing right now. I don't want to think about what they're doing right now. Mm-mm. But That's if you good. didn't, if you didn't know, you didn't know. And so I don't even know what's happened to my four hundred one k over the last like month or so because I've I've seen people going stock market crashing, stock market booming. I'm like, <laughs> ah, nope, don't want to ride that. So we'll talk about all those things and uh, and some other stuff too. We might even try to encode, talk to one another about the uh, season two finale of Ted Lasso. Both of us are Ted Lasso fans. I, I will tell you first, I'm coming to you from Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257 is the number. Here's the deal. If you're in the market for a vehicle, it's a weird time to be in the market for a vehicle because of the whole supply and demand thing that we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, chips, all that stuff, it's weird. You want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. And uh, Corey will make sure that. Call the number 662-257-1900. He wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. But even if he doesn't become your car and truck guy, he does want to make sure that you have a good automotive purchasing experience. And believe it or not, yes, he will talk to you. 662-257-1900. And, Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people about what's going on at Pinnacle.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, the <clears throat> the story, I guess, continues of, we are uh we are we are rounding we have rounded you know third base and we are uh we are about we're about i guess is it is it 90 feet between bases is that that is, is correct, that correct? Na- 90 feet between each So base. we're we're about 45 feet from home and uh i am really really excited to you know be out of transition phase and and into stability phase it's been uh, you know one of the things that we we, we have been trying to do for our clients as always kind of stay cutting edge stay ahead of ahead of the curve and we are going through a complete change in our technology our softwares things that we're doing to to help enhance you know the things we're able to provide for clients and and then also um uh, you know what our clients experience so man we are uh we've been doing it all year long and i'm I'm very happy to say it's been successful and we are almost finished and uh, I will be very happy to I won't even have to slide in the home plate. I'm just gonna kind of, you know, that slow jog across home plate. So, um, but it has been, you know, thankfully it's been a, a pretty good year in the markets. So, um third quarter is a you know, a little shaky. I know we'll talk a little bit about that on the show, but um, you know, for our clients, you know, even when things get shaky, uh, one of the things that, that we pride ourselves with is uh, you know, our clients have a plan and we stay you know, on pace to, um, to execute a plan. So we're not having to make, uh, you know, these knee jerk reaction movements when, when things get a little bit shaky in the market. So, uh, you know, if you're listening and, and you don't have a plan or you're doing it on your own and you do make emotional decisions, uh, don't do that. Give us a call 601-957-0323, uh, or you can email us at info at my p-i-n-n wealth.com
2: all right so uh let's dive into this i need to also i'll i'll do it i'll do it as we talk there's no reason for me to say that out loud um (laughs) i don't know why i was going to do that um while i'm doing that real quick uh because i can't pull up these two things at once let's have a very careful quick discussion of uh the last episode of, of ted lasso season two did it generally make you feel good or, 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 um, hopeful or, or sad or or what were your feelings?
3: Well, I am sad that it's ending, you know, but I guess all good things do have to come to an end at some point too. Um, I, I feel like they did a, a reasonably good job of, of kind of wrapping the season up, but then also leaving enough there for a season three that's really going to, going to complete the arc. You know, I know they said they had a, you know, a a three act play or a three part play or, or like star Wars, the trilogy. Uh, and I don't know if they'll stick to that, man. I really hope they, I kind of hope that they do. Um, so kind of speaking cryptically for those who haven't either watched or haven't finished, Um, there are some things that happened that were expected, um, but I didn't see how it was going to, you know, end the way that it did. And I'll say like the very last scene was really, I was like, holy crap. You know, I mean, I knew that there was going to be, uh, some more conflict, but, I didn't expect it to happen the way that it did being very cryptic. What about you, man? Um,
2: parts of it made me sad parts of it. I I predicted accurately would happen. You did, which made me feel like I was pretty dialed in with the, with, with the arc of the show. Uh, and there's one part that I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. I I, I told, uh, I, I told my wife, who's not watched the show, but, like, she's seen part of one episode. And she called me Saturday morning. She had taken Carson to Jackson for soccer, and it was about 10 in the morning. i just finished the show. And I may have been a little teary. And uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's in, it wasn't a particularly sad episode, but I, I I said that what caught me, I guess, was that, like, you get used to these – Maybe this is a sign that I need to have more of a social life. Um, You these people become your friends, and they go away for a while, and you worry about them. Like, um, there's one character in particular that I'm worried about him. You know what I mean? And um, like, worried about his soul. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I'm worried about how he's going to handle. Like, is he going to be okay? Okay. I think he's. I think he's about to hurt. And I'm. I'm talking um, about you. Talking about Oscar the Grouch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. 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 Who I think deep down is not Oscar the Grouch. I think deep down he's no, a really. I think he's really soft on the really inside. He's just good dude. He's gruff on the outside. And so you know, I, I'm. I'm worried about him. That's all. I'm, I'm concerned about him. I, I, I hurt for him. Um, been there. Know it hurts. Yeah, hate it for him. And I caught myself feeling that. And I and I said, well. That's a sign. Like, you know, like when you watch Family Guy and Peter and the chicken are having the fight, you never feel bad for Peter or the chicken. You know, you know, it's just entertainment. And even though I know this is just entertainment, I still feel for the character. And um, and I know it's complicated, you know, and 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 the other characters involved in that portion of the story you know i feel for them as well i just relate more to one of the characters than i do the other because well i'm i'm a guy yeah um but i i know that she's coming from a complicated place too right and so um you know i don't know i've i've, I've felt felt things felt emotion and i think that's a sign that the writing is so good yep and the acting totally is so agree. good that that you can know as a quasi intelligent human being that this isn't real that this character that this person that you see on the screen is not really dealing with this in real life that he's fine but you worry for his character and you know that it's going to be a while before you get to find out that he got through it okay and he's going to be okay and all that and i don't know i think that's a it's a sign of just how brilliant the show is and I think the people that start the clarion call for please don't go away, please produce a season four, please keep going. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that because that clarion call is actually a- absolutely going to happen.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean,
3: I know Apple's going to push for it because, I mean, they're just backing the truck up on this on this show. But I, I hope that they – I mean, of course, I would love more Ted Lasso, but I kind of hope that they stick to their guns and say – You know, we have a complete story written in three seasons and we are not extending it just to make money. But I have no idea what's going to happen. All right. So let me ask you a question too. So this is since season two is over without revealing anything, two questions, kind of like when Ted's like first concert, best concert. So two questions, favorite actor or actress, best actor or actress. Ooh. Okay. Um And you can have I'll I'll allow ties, even though as we know, if a game ended in tie in the Americas, that would be the first signs of the apocalypse.
2: The actor that plays Sam is brilliant. So is he your favorite or your or the best actor? I think he's the best actor. Okay. My favorite actor in the show is Sadekis. So
3: no ties. You have definitive.
2: Yeah. Sudeikis. Definitive. Sudeikis is, I mean, listen, some of the other ones are great. Sudeikis is brilliant in this, in in this performance. Yeah. He's, he's, I agree with that. He's so brilliant that I, I can't help but wonder if this is kind of what he's like in real life.
3: So I read an article this morning and I've, and I know you're, you know, you are, um, well versed in Twitter, better versed than I am in Twitter but I read an article this morning that, like, if you go to Sudeikis' Twitter page, like, he doesn't tweet. But, like, if you go look at all of his likes, that he's, uh, you know, constantly liking other people's, um, you know, tweets, especially about the show. And even when they're trash talking the show uh he 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 will like their <laughs> their tweet and i'm like that's such a that's such a ted thing to do you know not tweeting and you know he's a celebrity obviously like he could do whatever he wants on say whatever he wants on twitter and people would like it and comment and retweet or whatever but but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't tweet apparently he he just goes and likes other people's tweets but he apparently spends a ton of time on Twitter
2: liking other people's tweets. Yeah. For some reason, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and then my, the, so, of the females, it's, it's, um,
3: uh, okay, cool. Yeah. We can do, we'll do males and females. That's a good call. We should, we should respect the, that.
2: the woman who plays Rebecca is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and the, the, uh, the woman who plays Keeley, I think, I think her, I think her acting performance over the the arc of the two seasons has been really remarkable. Because when yeah. when Keeley started, spoiler alert, you know, you saw her as just sort of this almost groupie, yeah, airheaded cleat chaser, yep. you know, just chasing footballers. And then as she has developed her character over the course of two seasons, it's remarkable how far she's come. Yeah. I agree with that. How about you?
3: Man, I'm going to go <clears throat> my favorite male um, you know, actor. I really I, and I love Ted and I love Sudaikis, but I really just want to say Roy. Like that's he has become yeah. He's just and I love Ted and and I have a lot of Tedisms in me naturally, but I, I don't know, man. I just gotta, I have to say Roy and I'm going to, I'm going to say that those would almost be a tie for, for Ted and Roy. And I'm going to say best actor. And a lot of people may disagree with me on this is, um, is, is Nick Muhammad, the
2: guy that plays Nate. Oh, he's very good. Yep. He's very good. And he's another character that is just in two short seasons, the place they the places they've taken him, yeah, are really strong and 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 done it in a way that's believable, <laughs> right? Because you know, I mean, if
3: you told me, I at can the beginning relate of to a, Nate, yeah, a lot from a sure. real from a place of being real. Like, yeah. I can totally. There's a lot that I can relate, and I think some parts of me. It's the ugly side of me too. That I'll go, Oh my gosh, I just want to beat the crap out of, out of Nate. But it's like, I have some of that in me, man. And it's the ugly side of me. You know, it's, uh, sometimes I can think of self first and that's my mission is try to not do that, but, but it's there, man. I have to beat it down without spoiling anything. Um, and then for females, Man, I hate to. I hate to go directly in line with you, but I think I'm going to have to go directly in line with you. My favorite favorite female character is Rebecca, um, and then I think the best actress is Juno Temple's is uh, Keely. She's just phenomenal, and I think there are really good female characters in there. I mean, you got Rebecca you know there's the Keeley uh characters there even you know the Doc and May um you know their characters are 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 well written characters too
2: um oh yeah no it's they've done they've done a remarkable job even with the secondary characters of of making them a part of the show so that you no it's it's brilliant
3: yeah i mean even the hooligans like Paul and Baz and I think Jeremy is the other guy's name the and I can't remember if it's if the if it the tall black guy is Jeremy um I can't I love him like he is my favorite of the hooligans uh and has been since the the very beginning of season 1 um and he just dude he's just a trip and he's just like a he's like a big teddy bear and he was even, even in the very first episode when, you know, when Ted is having his, uh, you know, first episode of season one, when he's, you know, at the media, media um, stand or whatever, and they're just killing him on, on uh, all the questions. And he says something kind of funny and the other two dudes are, you know, like, oh, you idiot, you, we can't say, probably say that word on, on air that the, starts with the T. And ends with the Watt. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, and you know, and then and then, uh, I think it is. I think his name is Jeremy in the in the show, and he just giggles at him. And I'm like, yeah, man, come on, give the guy some, give the guy a little bit of grace. He's, but he's my he's my favorite of the, of the
2: three little hooligan. Crew. All right, let's get into some money stuff because I want to get your thoughts on a couple of things. Cool, cool. Got kind of three things I want to get to. Um and we we can we can we'll just kind of start with we'll start with the bad, go to the good, and then I'll get in the middle and let you tell me what the middle means. Okay. Um the bad is according to the Energy Information Administration. Nearly half of U.S. households that warm their homes with mainly natural gas can expect to spend an average of 30% more on their bills compared with last year. Uh, Oil demand to rise as plants switch amid gas crunch, which means gas prices are going up. Metal prices surge after gas crunch crimps output, which means those prices are going up. Um... People talk about whether you're getting taxed or not getting taxed. I get angry every time I go to the pump to fill up my car, my truck, and it's about 86 bucks. Um, that's a tax. When before this administration, it was about 45 bucks. That's that's a tax. Um, whether,
3: whether, I did it last night from, out from dead empty. I had like 10 miles left till empty, and I filled completely up and it was, it was right at $70
2: for me. Yeah. So all, all these, all these prices are going up. The cost of the cost of doing things is going up. Um, how much does that concern you? Um,
3: I mean, I, I mean, and, and we've kind of alluded to it in, in previous shows too, that, that there are going to be some increases, um, you know, in, in inflation, um, and it's, and that, and they are real increases. They're, you know, they're not the, oh, it's, you know, it's not going to impact me. No, it's, it's impacting people at their, at their homes. And the thing that you said about the heating oil, you know, during the winter months, that's really going to, that's going to have a big impact, um, you know, north of us too, especially, you know, if we have some big freezes, uh, you know, in the, in the northern part of of the U.S. and, uh, it's really gonna hurt people's pocketbooks um you know gasoline prices uh certainly hurt everybody's pocketbooks and you're right i mean it is it is in essence a tax um that is being levied upon you even though it's not uh you know quote unquote shown as a tax uh and you know the the gas prices that we had during the pandemic those, I knew that those were not going to be here long. And I knew oil couldn't survive. The energy industry can't survive with oil at, you know, 30 or 40, you know, or really even $50 a barrel. And in previous shows I've said, and I'll, and I'll stand by it that, um, you know, that when oil is around, 70 bucks that's really kind of a sweet spot right because that means gas is probably 220 230 a gallon um it i mean of course i would rather pay a buck 50 a gallon but i know that that's not sustainable long term um you know gas at 220 230 a gallon is reasonable uh, and then the energy industry is able to employ folks and turn profits and, you know, and, and be able to contribute to the economy and to society. And what's just happening is the pendulum, the pendulum never swings perfectly to the middle, right? It always overshoots both ways. And, and you know, and oil at $30 a barrel was definitely an overshoot, you know, uh, to the extremes. And what I'm hoping is, you know, when they're with OPEC kind of restricting um, supply and oil prices going up, what I'm hoping is that there is a um, common sense, which, um, and that's, I know that's a pipe dream, common sense saying, Hey, you know, uh, we, we don't have to import oil. We can, we can produce it here. We can open up reserves. We can re crank up, you know, pipelines and kind of get some stabilization of gas prices. Because, you know, the very this sounds awful to say it, but it's, but it's true. The very quote unquote people that this administration is, you know, trying to help and protect, they're harming with increasing groceries prices, increasing gas prices, you know, increasing. Um, you know, natural gas prices to heat, you know, to heat homes, it's, that's, it's really a, a, a much more significant tax on the middle class and the lower class. And, and that's just truth, man. And I, I do, I do still believe, and I'll stand by it, that, you know, this inflation that we're experiencing is not permanent. It's just a temporary, Bit of inflation. We've got to get supply chains open back up. Employment, you know, is is so, kind of coming back into So let me read you the the these fold,
2: three so. paragraphs. This is Sarah chaney Camban. I think is how you pronounce her name. Um, okay. If you're Sarah Chaney's mom and dad, and I mispronounced that, I'm very sorry. We apologize, uh, yes. And, and congratulations on your daughter's success <laughs> as she has made yeah, it. Yeah, that to we're the talking about Journal. it on this yeah, awesome I show. Mean, I mean – your dreams have come true. She got yeah. mentioned on Mind of My Money. Um, I, uh, I know. I mean, what else could you want? Companies welcome, are Karen. holding on tightly to employees at a time when few other workers are available and prices are rising and wholesale markets facing supply constraints. Both factors contributing to higher inflation. Shortages of materials are driving up the cost of goods, while the tight labor market is pushing up wages. New applications for unemployment benefits, a proxy for layoffs, declined to a seasonally adjusted 293,000 last week from 329,000 a week earlier, the Labor Department said. It marked the first week since the COVID 19 pandemic began in March 2020 that jobless claims fell below 300,000. A proxy for the number of people receiving unemployment benefits also fell to the lowest level since March 2020. A separate Labor Department report showed steady inflation pressures. The producer price index for final demand, a gauge of prices that suppliers are charging businesses and other customers, rose 8.6% in September from a year earlier. That was the largest 12-month advance since the series began in 2010. Last month's increase was driven by rising gasoline prices, but also reflects more expensive meat, vegetables, residential electric power, and chemicals. The more closely watched Consumer Price Index rose 5.4% in September from a year earlier, matching the largest annual gain since 2008. All of this according to the Labor Department and the Wall Street Journal. Those, those are alarming paragraphs. Yeah, I mean, I,
3: I, and I, I don't disagree with, disagree with them uh, at all. I mean, and that's that's kind of where, you know, I think this temporary inflation is – is, is coming from, um, you know, and if there were some way to, you know, have the docks where these cargo ships are just hanging out, you know, running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, you know, until you get through this glut, you know, I think that would speed along at least the beginning part of, of the bottleneck. Um, and you know, as far as it's, is getting, And let's just talk about the logistics industry first and then we'll dive into the, into the rest of the economy. Because I think it all, it, it all starts and stops with, with logistics. Um, because if people can't get their stuff, it doesn't matter if it's Walmart, a restaurant, uh, you know, a car manufacturer, whatever. It all starts and ends with getting stuff into this country from another country. So Uh, if we have truck drivers that say, Hey, I'm uh, not comfortable driving my truck. Uh, I need to stay at home with my family or, you know, my, I have to stay home with my family because I have to be a, a parent that's here because my kids can't go to school because coronavirus is, you know, is ravaging these kids and, you know, and ravaging these schools. So we keep our kids at home. So a parent. One parent has to stay home because the kid can't go to school. So maybe that parent's the truck driver. Maybe the other parent works in, you know, I don't know, healthcare. And so if we don't have enough drivers on the road to get, once these ships are unloaded, the, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be, someone's going to create something, you know, and uh, Elon Musk is already trying to do it with automated semi semi-trucks, you know, the automated, uh, 18 wheelers where they don't have to worry about, um, you know, having humans driving. I know you may say, well, Martin, that's not going to fix the issue right now. And, and, and you're right. It won't fix the issue right now, because I, I still think we're probably a few years away from that. But, you know, one of the things that is inherently deflationary is technology and automation. And one of the things we've said in previous shows too, is, you know, there used to be a job operating elevator lifts and that job exists no more as cause it's automated. So that's, you know, the company not paying somebody a salary to operate a lift. Well, that person didn't just disappear off the face of the earth. They just, you know, got repurposed somewhere else. And we've got the kink and the, or the bottleneck, you know, is, is the very beginning of, of just the supply chain. And, you know, once that gets worked out, I don't think we'll see so much, you know, inflationary pressures as we are, you know, right this second, because there won't be as much scarcity for products because there will be products, you know, on shelves or, you know, materials that are needed in the warehouses to produce these things. So that's why I, I still think that it is, you know, somewhat, temporary, you know, in nature, in nature and to say, you know, Hey, you know, CPI is up 5.4%, you know, year over year. Well, I mean, and it it is, and that's true. And, you know, this time last year we were what in, what did they call this one? This was like Round three or I don't the
2: third or wave or something. I don't know either round I four. Know. You don't only want to get me started. I'm the I, listen to of the waves. This time tomorrow or sometime tomorrow the Oxford School District is meeting and it is the rumor around town that uh the Oxford schools are going to finally drop the mask mandate. Because guess what, Martin? Good. Guess what guess what's happened to the kids, Martin? You wanna guess? They haven't gotten sick. You wanna you know what you want? you know what they have gotten? They've experienced learning loss, Martin. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, dude. The young, I mean, we're, and, and the we're young, dealing with that with Gia right now. Yeah. The young kids are struggling. Yeah. I mean, I mean we paid for like, tutoring for
3: her to catch her up to where she should be. Oh, um, you But you, she missed kindergarten, man. I mean, crazy, man. And I know people crazy. are like, oh,
2: it's kindergarten. No, 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 no. No, dude. no.
3: I mean – Kindergarten, stuff.
2: kindergarten matters, or else we wouldn't have kindergarten all these years. <laughs> kindergarten does matter, man. Kindergarten matters. The first grade is vitally it's important. Crucial. And when yeah, you make she's learning how to read, man. And and kids, not all kids. I, I love I love the the parent. I'm, I'm promised we're not do this long. I love the parent that goes. Kids are resilient. They're going to be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine from COVID too. You idiot. They're going to be fine from COVID too, but when you put them in school, little kids, and you put masks all over everyone's faces, and they lose the ability to to communicate. Have you ever noticed when you talk to people in person that you look at their face? Yeah. Well, included in looking at their faces, you see the way their mouth moves. You see if they smile, if they're frowning, if they look confused. And, And look, some people... Some people, some teachers, are good enough to look out into the classroom and see nothing but eyes, and they can see it all. But it sure would be better if you could look out into the audience of little kids. And before allies, up you're just talking about your kid. My kid's a freshman in high school, and he's fine. He has figured out which teachers you can just pull the damn thing under your chin. I won't name names; would never name names, but he's got at least one teacher that it's understood in that classroom, hey, keep the damn thing just kind of on somewhere so that if someone comes in the room you can pull it up. Just just put it put it on your ear where you can put it up. Pull it make it a chin guard so that you can pull it up. Now, I salute that teacher. 1000%, thank God for that teacher. But let's admit that's admitting it's theater. That's admitting it's theater. And there's so many people in the classrooms, teachers, administrators, who know it's theater. We're doing this to protect a handful of feelings, and it's going to go away. But anyway, I I say all that to to get back to this. One um, One of the things that's coming out is it's become obvious. We finally hit that point. I remember you saying this about a year ago. We're going to hit the point where, frankly, we just can't do this pandemic thing anymore robert frick corporate economist at navy federal credit union says a big drop in unemployment claims is the strongest evidence yet that the COVID 19 delta wave has lost its influence on layoffs people are saying we got to move on we've got to get the workforce back we've got to produce there's a thing that we do it's like i've been studying with carson this last week uh German, the kind of the German Industrial Revolution. Okay,
3: yeah,
2: <clears throat> yeah. Well, what happened? One of the it was like one of the we were setting up. I said Carson, this feels like an essay question. And I think it actually ended up being an essay question. Kudos to his history teacher; she does a really <laughs> good job with their notes and stuff, where you can go. Okay, this sounds like multiple choice. This sounds like an essay. Um, but one of the it was like, what are the factors? And it was well, lots of natural resources, right? You iron, yeah. iron ore, yep. and uh, uh, have it. and and coal that you could convert to, uh, into energy, into steel, right. Into energy, into steel. Uh, and you took all that steel and you also had a dedicated, um, educated disciplined workforce. You also had a growing population. So, you know, all these things happened that led to it. Well, when you take elements of that away, even now in modern times, 130 years later, When you take those things away, it stands to reason that the society begins to break down. Um, Layoffs are erasing from last year's high levels as companies hold on to workers. They have an attempt to fill positions amid strong demand. Job openings reached a record high this summer, though some ease some in August. Americans are quitting their jobs at historically high rates, a sign of worker confidence in the job market about 4.3 million employees quit their jobs in August the highest for records tracing back to 2000 according to the labor market labor department i should say
3: yeah and i've and i've read i've read a lot about the industries that they're quitting in also yeah um and they are the a lot of them are the uh like leisure and entertainment industries the travel industries the you know, the restaurant industries, um, because there is such a demand for, for workers and, and employers are willing to pay,
2: you know, more today than they were. Yeah. They're um, quitting one know, job. To, they're quitting one job to become a free agent. Right. I mean, you that's know, what they they're say. There.
3: Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't have to keep, you know, restaurant hours, you know, anymore. I can have a, you know, a day job Yeah, and of course. there's a demand for it. Yeah. It's, uh, um, and, and, you know, and I don't know. And so one of my real good friends, I say real good friends. I shouldn't say that. I I like this guy a whole lot and I consider him a friend. He may not consider me a friend. Um, not that I would be an enemy, but I don't uh, Like if you ask him, Hey, are you buddies with Martin? I have no idea what he would say. Um, but he owns a kind of a health pre-packaged Healthy Meal company in the it's based out of Vicksburg but he he has like stores and outlets in the Metro Jackson area and um <clears throat> you know he started raising what he's paying, you know, his staff, he raised you know uh their pay by like a dollar an hour, but he also had to raise the cost of his mills by, you know, 50 cents to a dollar a mill and um you know, and he's had success with keeping his staff members happy. But I know that there's a lot of restaurants, uh, you know, around town that say, Hey, I just, I have really, really thin margins already. And if I raise, you know, my back of the office back of the house staff or my front of the house staff's pay anymore, there's going to be no profits.
2: So you got you know, to raise the, prices of goods. Whatsoever. Yeah, it's just you got to raise the prices on the menu. It, and, and so it's it's amazing when people do this thing about, well, just raise just raise wages.
3: Right. right. So well, how do you
2: think they get paid for? how do you think that right. works? I mean, it's 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 amazing to me how many people just don't understand basic business. Correct. It's correct because most people don't have to. And I
3: don't mean this in a in a derogatory fashion, but majority of America is a W2 employee, right? Like they get a paycheck, whether, uh, you know, there's profits in the company or there's, you know, losses in the company. And so a lot of folks don't understand how all this works. They just say, well, you know, I get my paycheck. Well, yeah, you, you do get your paycheck, but, but someone loses when you're just getting a, you know, you get your constant pay and the prices of things, you know, if the prices of food, let's just use the restaurant, we'll stay on the restaurant, um, you know, kick here. So, let's just say the price of food and groceries go up because gasoline has gone up. Well, if they don't raise <clears throat> the the prices on the menu, then obviously they have less profits in the end. And if they have less profits in the end, there's there's going to be, you know, one of two things are are going to happen they're either going to you know schedule fewer people on shifts and try to get more output out of fewer people which in the end means that hey you know they didn't fire you or they didn't you know decrease your pay but in essence they have decreased your pay because instead of working you know five shifts a week you know now you're only getting four shifts a week and you're having to do more on those four shifts And if the folks say, well, you know, they, they need to raise my pay, you know, or I'll go somewhere else. And let's just say they are able to squeeze the owner of the restaurant. And I'm just going to go play all the way down the worst case scenario. They squeeze the owner of the restaurant for, you know, a dollar an hour more. And eventually the restaurant owner is going to have to make a decision of, you know, do they, do they stay on this path or do they shut the doors? because you cannot operate a business at a loss, you know, it's not sustainable. You can have losses, you know, some little bit here and there, but generally when there's a loss, that owner is covering that loss out of their personal pocket, out of their savings. It doesn't just magically appear somewhere somewhere, and them able to settle all their debts. But I don't think most people really understand how the sausage is made. They just know that they get sausage.
2: Yeah, they just like sausage. They don't. They don't understand how it's made. And and oftentimes yeah, they don't. That's have to okay. Know. But all right. So let me go Those here. people
3: that are demanding, you know, more for what they're doing, and I get it. They're saying, "Well, my, you know, my, it costs me more to fill my tank to come to work now. It costs me more to
2: buy groceries." Oh, dude, I get it. Yeah, and that, I get it. And that but tru- it's a domino effect. Yeah, it goes all the way up, all the way down. When people, it just.
3: It's a domino effect until people start voting with their pocketbooks. You know, they start saying, well, you know what? I'm just going to consume less. And then there's less demand for a product. So what do prices do? Everything else held constant. They go down until there's a price point where someone says, okay, I'll buy that again. Yeah, That's how that is. I know we just dumbed that down a lot, but that is basic economics. That's how it works.
2: Supply and demand. Yep. Supply um, and demand. It's like the jobs, like, you know, Campbell's still kind of finalizing what she's going to major in, if you will. It's in business and so it won't be you know, I'm like, well, where are the jobs? You know, if if right now there's a lot of jobs in supply chain and there's not the demand of graduates with supply chain degrees, so how do you think that's gonna work? You're gonna be able to demand more m- more money, more benefits. Third week of vacation, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, right, Especially fresh out of college. Yeah. uh, U.S. stocks jumped Thursday, bolstered by better-than-expected earnings and economic data that helped ease investor concerns about inflation pressures and a slowdown in growth. The S&P 500 climbed for a second day, adding 1.3%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose about 420 points or about 1.2%, and the technology-heavy NASDAQ composite, always like saying that, Averaged 1.4%. <laughs> Early gains in U.S. indexes were propelled higher by healthcare, technology, and uh, material stocks. Shares of health insurers rallied with United Health Group, adding 5.6% after it raised its guidance for full year earnings and recorded a jump in revenue due to higher premiums. Other major insurers, including Anthem and Humana, jumped 3% or more. Uh, Investors are watching earnings to gauge the impact of stickier-than-expected inflation, rising energy prices, supply chain disruptions, and anticipated interest rate increases over the next two years.
3: Yeah, so there's a lot of that that, can I talk about banks?
2: Yeah. so I think it's easier for me to. Well, here's the, let 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 me set you up with a paragraph. Okay. Shares of bank stocks also rose Thursday. Bank of America gained 2.2% after its third quarter profit rose 58% from a year earlier. Shares of Citigroup added 0.4% after it reported a jump in profit. Morgan Stanley advanced 0.8% after its quarterly profit rose 36% from a year earlier due to yep. a surge in deal making. And then, this is very important shares of Domino P- Domino's Pizza rose. 0.4% despite the pizza delivery chain reporting quarterly revenue that missed analyst forecast.
3: I love Domino's. Hey, Domino's. You hate Dom- Domino's?
2: No, I love it. Domino's thin uh, crust. Uh, oh, dude. All right. So
3: funny. Let me tell a real funny story about Domino's thin crust. That's Gia's favorite. So Gia, she's my, she's my eight year old. She's in second grade. Um, she, so since we've been having her tutored, she's ca- kind of catching up on reading and forming words and writing words and all that stuff. And, um, so she has, you know, she's learned how to write words and form sentences. So she has, she uses Jennifer, my wife's phone and she'll text me. And, uh, and, and it's getting hard for me to, to tell sometimes whether Jen is texting me or Gia is texting me. And so the other night, um, you know, I'm I'm a, she Jen. Uh, I get a text from Jen's phone that says, "You know, when are you coming home?" And obviously, I couldn't tell if that was Jen or Gia. And I was like, "I'm up, I'm about to leave the house. I mean, about to leave the office. I'm heading home." And and she says, "Will you pick up Domino's?" And I said, "Sure." You know, what do you what do you guys want? And she says, "Square pizza, cheese, please." I was like, "All right, that was Gia." <laughs> Gia texting me on, you know, on Jen's phone and it was her the whole time. It was not Jennifer. So <laughs> Gia is asking me to bring home Domino's posing as, as Jennifer. But what got me was the, I knew it was her with the square pizza cheese, please. I, I knew that was the thin crust cause they cut it into, into squares, you know, in the squares. It yeah. just tripped me out. Uh, anyway, I'll talk real quick about, about bank stocks Banks. and cause I think they're a little easier to understand on why there'll be more value there so let's let's step back to you know last year last year during the pandemic the federal reserve was was really kind of worried that there might be you know with people not working people staying home you know businesses it might be harder for them to you know make good on their loans or personal folks for to personally make good on their loans so they increased the reserve requirements for um you know for banks meaning that they had to account for losses they were going to have to write off for bad loans. Well, what ended up happening was there really wasn't any any bad loans that, that the banks had to write off. So they had all of this cash, you know, in reserve for taking care of bad loans. Uh, well, so what happened is, they're able to distribute, you know, that cash that they've had. Um, you know, for those loan reserves, you know, back out to shareholders because the the Federal Reserve has kind of diminished the requirements because they're like, hey, look, you know, looks like we're out of this thing. Um, you haven't had any real big losses to to write off, so that's that's a positive thing. And then to couple that with interest rates at the Fed are still the Fed funds rate is still you know at zero, anchored at zero right now. They did say you know they might start tapering around mid November mid December but probably not going to get a rate hike until you know 2020 late 22 or maybe early 2023 well what's happened is the longer end of what's called the yield curve so the yield curve think of the vertical axis is the is the interest percentage so it's you know 0% 1% 2% 3% so on and so forth on the vertical axis the horizontal is time. So it'll be like a 90 day, you know, um, 90 day treasury bill, a two year treasury bill, a five year, the 10 year, you know, the 30 year. Well, the curve of that, the interest rate on the short ones are still at zero. So that's what the bank pays you when you make a deposit at their bank, essentially zero. But the long end of the curve has actually steepened. So if you draw a pen, if you took a pencil, and you drew to the right, and you are crossing through where interest rates are for the 10-year, which is at like, you know, one and a half to 1.6, and you get out to the 30-year, the which is like it, you know, call it 2%, um, and those rates are rising, so that curve gets steeper versus kind of like flat and then go up, you know, it gets steep. Well, the prime rate right now for you know, what you, what a bank will lend money out. And they usually do, you know, prime plus a number. So if it's, you know, prime plus one prime being, you know, like 3%, three and a quarter percent plus one is four to four and a quarter, you know, mostly, usually they do lending, especially to corporations at prime plus two. So, you know, it's five to five and a quarter percent. Well, so if they're lending at, I mean, they're paying interest at zero to me and you, but they're lending it out at, you know, five and a quarter, you know, that's the spread where they make money. Well, what's happened is that spread the the longer, the longer end of the interest rate curve has risen while um, you know, our, the shorter end of the curve has stayed anchored at zero. So the curve is getting steeper um, you know, day to day. Well, what's happened for the banks is most of those loans are variable quarterly so as the long end of the curve goes up, they're making more money, but they're not having to pay out um, as much on what they have to pay you because the short end of the curve has been anchored by the Fed at zero. So that is why the banks have had such good had such a good quarter this quarter. They had a lot more loan activities than they expected, and they've been able to charge you know higher interest rates you know this quarter. So their interest income revenue. Beat big time on the you know on the revenue side, so that's why bank stocks have been rallying too,
2: and I'll be quiet no, no, that's good it's uh there's a lot there i don't I don't feel like I'm qualified to add anything to that
3: <laughs> well i don't and i I don't expect you to add anything to it, but you know the markets have been volatile, and <clears throat> you know as people are opening up their quarterly statements. You know whether it's their 401k, and I would just advise people to not really do that, but 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 people do. Um, you know they're probably not to be surprised to see that their you know their September market value is down because U.S. stocks were down five percent in September. Um, you know the emerging market stocks were down four uh, percent. Europe was kind of down three four percent. So it was kind of every across the world, you know, stocks were down. So if people were diversified and they had bonds or alternative strategies, um, you know, they're opening up and they're seeing that they're down, you know, 1% or 2% or 3%. So they're not down the full five. I mean, if you're full 100% stock, you might be down 5%. Um, But that's really the first down month that we've had since, you know, February, March of, of 2020, we've been on almost an 18 month or 20 month run without any down months. That's not normal. Like that's not normal. It's normal to have, you know, two good months and then a pause or three good months and a pause. That's kind of a normal thing, but what, nothing about this last two years has been normal, not even in markets. And at some point,
2: we do have to return back to normal. You're exactly right. There's nothing about the last almost two years that is normal. And you are right. We have to return back to normal. And I think across we're, the board, I think <laughs> we're headed in that direction. It's funny. I have this guy. I'll finish with this. There's this guy that uh, emails me all the time. <clears throat> and I've actually blocked him so he shows up in my spam folder. And I open my spam folder sometimes. And every once in a while, I realize that I'm feeding the beast. But every once in a while, I'll read what he sends to me and I'll respond to it. And today, he sent me something about there was a cruise in New Orleans and 11 of the 24 people got COVID. And I said, yep, and you're going to get COVID too. And he's one of these people whose name is the third. And so I always, I said, you know, and so will the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. Because (laughs) it's going to be something we live with. And we're yep. going to learn how to live with it, and there are therapeutics and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we are getting back to normal. And I said there is going to be one hundred and ten thousand people at Nealand Stadium on Saturday night, and people are living. And if you don't want to live, you don't have to. I guess you know. But I yeah. hope. I was like, but I hope you do. And I hope that um, the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, they all live too, and they all have great lives. But I bet you they get COVID.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I, it's of, like it's the like the beauty of America COVID. is that. Yeah, we can. Choose. I'm not gonna if so, if I see someone at a football game with a mask on. I'm like, cool, dude. Oh yeah, cool. I don't care. That's your yeah, prerogative. No, no, I, don't I, I, I don't care.
2: I don't care. I really don't. I mean, that's that's
3: your choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just don't don't tell me what I have to do. I'm yeah, not telling you you have to
2: wear that thing or don't have to wear that thing. And don't if you choose to wear it? That's your your yeah. choice. What I love is they don't they're like don't say anything to me. I'm like oh, I'm not saying anything to you, but don't glare at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, I I I don't I don't want to wear one. And so I don't wear one, including in some places where these days they're mandated. And it's not because I'm taking some stand. It's because I'm going to make you tell me to put it on. Yep. Well, I did that last night. We had a little, we had a little
3: um, planning meeting for for the company, um, and we just went to Lost Pizza. And there were signs all over the door that said, you know, required to wear a mat. I didn't wear one in. I went and ordered my pizza. The dude that was behind the counter didn't have one on. Uh, <laughs> he let me order my pizza for, you know, the five of us that were there and we got our drinks and then we sat down and the pandemic is, the
2: pandemic pizza. is over Martin. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, and, and co- they didn't even COVID. say anything to me. dude. COVID I mean, is but not over. Dude didn't have it on. So COVID is not over. COVID's never going to be over. It's it's and this, but we've got to move on and we are moving on. It was going to be a big fight about vaccinating young kids. That's coming. It's going to be ugly. And, it's going to determine where some people live because some people are not going to want to stay in a state that mandates it and they're going to want to move to a state that doesn't. And you're going to see a population redist- redistribution, in my opinion. That's one of the next big stories. And we'll talk about how that impacts <laughs> economies um, on another edition of there Mind on My Money. Hey, we'll stop there. Hey, appreciate the time. Yep. As always, thanks to everyone for making our 55 minutes or so each week a part of your week. Hope you have a wonderful weekend and we hope to hear you back or have you back with us next week for another edition of mind on my money presented by pinnacle again it's mypinwealth.com for martin palomo i'm neil mccrady take care
1: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network